Today's guest is a very dear friend of mine. He goes by the name of Rob Pinkston. And Rob is a hilarious dude. He uh, wrote and directed a kid sitcom that I'm on. He also stars in it. He's freaking hilarious. And we were traveling around the country um, doing one of my speaking tours and shooting the pilot episode of my new reality series, The LeBeau Show. And uh, Rob's kind of the master uh, behind the curtain who kind of breaks everything down, outlines what we're going to be doing. And uh, he's just a beast. And we took a time, apart from all of that, to sit down and have some conversations. And it was cool because Rob was getting to experience a lot of the tour with me and getting to see the impact we were having on kids and the reactions and the feedback. So it's cool to be able to sit down with him and have a sounding board and getting his perspective. Let's get it. We're live. It's the Think Like a Star podcast. My man's hydrating up here. I'm here with Rob Pinkson. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm keeping hydrated, you know. Staying hydrated. We decided yeah. to go jackets off. I feel, yeah. I feel good about that. I feel loose. Is Sun's out, guns out. It's because we've been in the gym. Uh, we've been we're doing a little gym itch. Uh, I, I, I don't know that it's showing, but I've certainly been in a Dude, gym. I'm honestly, I'm always jealous of dudes with big arms. Like I, I, never I, do I it. feel like, like I even you know when you post a picture, like yeah. sometimes people write stuff. You well, know, me I mean, stuff. I don't post pictures myself. Post gym usually. No, not at the gym. Just like any time though that I'm like at the beach or maybe I have like a tank tee on. Someone even will then, comment about how I have like tight. Like, where's your arms? See, I learned. I'm that, starting to get self-conscious about it. I learned that pretty early on that like my figure was just not meant for the tank, and so I wear the tank, but I've I don't post tanks. picture of the tank. I went to Coachella with you, and you were wearing I'm, a I'm United a mad, States I'm a tank. Mad, I'm a mad tank user. Okay. I'm not a mad tank poster. I okay. Don't, I don't share the tank. Oh, so it's more for the private. The yes, private exactly. Intimate times. Comfort is okay. number one on my priorities. Uh, anything, comfort. At all times. Up there. All times comfort. I respect that. Yeah. Green string, did you want some? No, but you're probably pretty comfortable on the inside with that. Yeah. You Did you try it yet? You I did? haven't, but it, it's, it seems like that, that's the kind of drink that would make you feel tingly in the skin. Yeah, it's like that, um, what's that soap? The Pure Castile. <laughs> Dr. Bronner's? Is that what it is? I like, think so, It's like yeah. the Hemp Pure Castile soap? Yeah, well, you recommended it to me, and yeah. it was only until I actually read the instructions on the outside that I realized that... You were saying I feel this tingle on my on my skin when I use the soap. Is this bug oh, freaking you out? I, no, I saw no, the shadow. It's, I thought I was being right attacked right now. Uh, we didn't we didn't think that through. Yeah, no, but I I, I then read the instructions. That you have to dilute it, and it's actually an industrial soap used for any purpose, like cleaning dishes or windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can use but it for then anything. You dilute it to a point to be able to use on your skin. So you were burning the skin off. So that's why it's tingling. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, this is if it. So now when I use soap, if it doesn't like tingle and burn a little bit, I'm like. Well, this soap's not working. <laughs> so basically, I've been killing myself. You are, yeah. Slowly. Or you've got soft baby skin, which is true. Well, yeah, no, I feel like, well, because it's burning off the old exactly, skin. Exactly, yeah. Probably. Well, dude, we're out here. Yep. We're on the bus. Where are we right All now? All right, is this, okay, let's just have, let's settle it. Do you yeah. prefer La Bus mm -hmm. or La Boos? So the, for those of you watching right now, we are in uh, Virginia Beach, I believe. Yep. We're uh, in Virginia Beach. I want to say yes. We're in a 30 foot, uh, 31 foot motorhome yeah don't, we've, don't undersell it okay? yeah yeah it's 31 it's feet. all 31 feet we yeah. need every square foot <laughs> and uh this has been like our part of the speaking tour that we've been on and uh, we've been going all over the country we've been to i think through 10 or 15 states all but, on the well, way from i joined you yeah. when you were already in iowa so you'd yeah. pass through like six states on the way there yeah if yeah. not more i think yeah yeah it's uh, been a learning process. We've been learning as we go. I have no motorhome experience, nope. um, but we've survived. We haven't. Have you died? A little on the inside. <laughs> Every yeah. day, a little bit, a little more, bit more yeah. on the inside. <laughs> um, so we've been arguing this time. Not really arguing, but debating. Should we call this? What's the name of it? La bus, or if we get fancy with it, Le bus. I mean, you are definitely on Team La bus. I'm on the La bus train because I want to be. I want to be bougie. But I don't know <laughs> if it makes sense, as much sense. Uh, I think time. it's definitely easier it's be... for new people to understand what you're saying when you say LaBus. LaBus. But I understand... The LaBobus, the LaBus. Like the Benifer. <laughs> like, like, like Benifer. <laughs> I don't know, what's the new one? Uh, What's like know. the hot one? It used to be... I don't know, Benadryl? I don't think that's it at all. You sure you don't want some of this? No, I'm okay. It's good stuff, dude. They're not sponsored. No, me. I've been having that Benadryl. I'm pretty good. I don't need the, the greens to keep me going. So you have been sick half of this trip. I, I've been... Unfortunately, 
and kind of surprisingly ill for most the majority of the trip. Yeah. Um, by the way, going back real quick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, back to the bus, Labus. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go Labus. Okay. I feel like uh, it's more universal. Okay. That the world needs to know about what we're doing here. Yeah. And uh, I think Labus. It just sounds like we've formed a new language entirely. It's like Pig Latin. <laughs> a little bit. So, so what we do is we. It is Labus. I mean, we could call it Busle if you wanted to get real Pig Latin. Oh gosh, I didn't. I don't know. Busley. That's even more confusing. If we do La Bus here at the beginning, yeah. And then once people get comfortable with it, maybe if we're trying to impress some people, maybe we get a couple ladies. Or maybe it's like we call it Le Boost. In a it, moment of extreme excitement, maybe yeah. you just Le Boost. And you let it. You let it out. You sounds, know, when, when you're really inappropriate. Well, when you're when you're feeling all tingly on the skin, you might want to. When, when, out, you when, know? when the pure Castile soap <laughs> exactly. really gets in there. Yeah, when you're getting a deep scrub, you know? Unbelievable. Yeah, when you're exfoliating really nicely and you just, oh, La Boost! La Boost. It's, it's for the intimate times. Yeah, exactly. With yourself. Exactly. Soap. Sometimes you gotta let that okay. happen. You know? Okay, well, our audience is mostly kids uh, at this point, so we need you to uh, slow it down. Ain't nothing wrong with exfoliating. Um, I, I think every child should know exfoliate early so that when you get older, you still look like a baby. Yeah, you want that baby skin. Yeah, it was advice I made up on the spot, but I think it's no, good advice. Like it. No, because we used to, when I lived at the Palazzo with Rocco. Right, right, right. I, um, I met this guy from Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> so his name is like, I'm not saying it correctly. I apologize mm-hmm. yeah. in advance. Souffle. His name was like Soule, Souffle. I just called him Souffle. It was easier to remember. We had a driver in Washington just yesterday, and I think it was the same name. Well, like Soule or something. He, I think he got kicked out of the country. Okay. <laughs> he was a little bit of a of a ladies' man. I Uh-oh. actually don't know why he got kicked out of the country. I don't think he got <laughs> kicked, kicked out of the country he, for that. Yeah, too many ladies. Too hard. No, but he um, his whole thing was um, cooking. He was one of Bob Marley's kids' chef. Okay. And um, and he would just literally go and hang out in the sauna all day, ripped, ripped. I was like, sorry. I Screw realized my shoes. shoes. <laughs> I realized I had my shoes on. The shoes? Does this guy? I had to toss the shoes. Okay. Well, is there I, a reason why? Comfort. Comfort. Comfort is king. That's okay. So I was on the flight yesterday. Mm. We're all over the place with this. I was on the flight. Halfway through the flight, my shoes come off. I don't care if the person next to me thinks it's disrespectful. I don't think there's a smell. I take pretty good care of my feet. You was know? there a smell though? I don't think so. I was mean, there? I didn't see anyone complain. Was there might there? have been. But for me, comfort. Have you kicked your feet off on an airplane? And by um, feet, I mean shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think once or twice. I, I'm more worried about getting my own feet dirty. Really? Yeah. Also, a lot of times... So you'd I rather like, have clean feet that aren't as comfortable as opposed to feet that are out breathing in well, the see, air. Okay, here's the other thing. comfortable, but maybe get a little but dirty. But see, I'm, I'm like the king of comfort. So really I are. come prepared. When I go flying, I'm not wearing the shoes that are going to be the shoes to go out in. Okay. I'm wearing the shoes that are going to be the slip off easily at the airport. Yes. You know, Do what you're cushy, going to. I feel like cushy, you have it's like the Jordan Sevens or something. Sometimes, sometimes it's some Jordies because okay. they got the nice like elastic tongue, so you can basically take out the laces if you want and just like slip them on like slippers. They're easy. Okay. Okay. Uh, sometimes I wear slippers. Sometimes well, you I'm literally wear slippers. Sometimes I'm flip flopping. I mean, I'm not afraid to let mine out right now. I'm wearing slippers right now. You know this. Oh, oh, oh. We have matching his and her slippers. By the way, I lost mine. I think. No, they're, they're under here. Are they? Yeah, they're under there. Oh, okay. I saw them this morning. Good. You have an insane shoe collection. Let's I'm, I'm talk a big about shoe it. guy. Okay. Because uh, I'm, you know, you know my story pretty well. Basketball guy. Never been into shoes. I, like, I, that surprises me. I know. Because I feel like the basketball world is very just kind of sneaker yeah. centric. Yeah. 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 I think it's because we were poor and I was in Alaska. So it was yeah. just like whatever shoes I got, I got. And I just was going to play the crap out of them yeah. until they wore out. And then I got a new pair. Right. Well, but that sounds about right. I mean, I that, that's really what you're supposed to do with the shoes. Yeah, yeah. I and I would see the way. guys with like the flashy shoes and the headbands and like you know like all the extras, mm-hmm. and then I would just beat the crap out of them and be like, oh, all your like fancy stuff didn't get you anything. So you should have spent more time in the gym. That's what happens in my dreams. Is you look good Every and night. play good? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It does styling. feel good though. Every styling. once in a while, I'll get like a little something. Some, maybe I'll get something in the mail. Hey, you, got, you got some gear. I got a little gear. Yeah. Just but like it's never like. Like, I don't know how to go pick up stuff. It just comes to me sometimes. And when I do wear it, I'm like, gosh, I feel like I would be such a better basketball player or just athlete. <laughs> you know what happened? I got into um, I got into uh, leggings. Not leggings. What do we call uh, them? The compression pants. Compression pants. Yeah, those are awesome. And I just, I, I had them from like fishing, actually, because really? you needed something that could breathe the, good. The base layer? Underneath the, yeah. the rain gear. 
And so I had those and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go for a run, it's cold out, I'm gonna try these. Cause I see people at the gym with them underneath their shorts. Yeah. Kobe did it for a while. Did he? Yeah, it was, and I didn't like it at the time. Oh really? But I wore it and I literally, I went for this run and I came back and I told Taylor, I was like, I've never felt like more of an athlete Oh, yeah. In my entire life. Like, I did, like, extra sprints, and I was, like, bounding. Yeah, I, man. It made me feel like, a, like I'm like, I love oh, my it. God, I'm an athlete. My favorite is to do the uh, leg press machine. Okay. Um, because you can, you, your legs are, you know, more elevated when you do it. Yeah. And so I wear those, and then I just get to stare at my quads, and I just feel like I'm freaking LeBron James in those ads. <laughs> where I'm just, like, I feel like pushing, LeBron. like, Rah! Oh, that's great. I love that's it. That's what happens in your mind in the gym. Yeah, I feel like Robo LeBron. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, ultimate cyborg. I'm like, uh, when I'm when I'm doing that, I just feel like I'm like, don't pass out. <laughs> don't pass or, or 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 don't fart. Like, cause you ever been there? Like, you've been at the gym and you're just like, well, I mean, you're, you're you're giving it all your energy, and then there's like, there'll be like a, a hot chick over here, and you're like, this could be a real bad, this could go a wrong direction, and I'm just like, it turns into a, a workout of just like hold the fart in, like the whole time. Like, well, that's my entire life in public. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm the ultimate fart holder. Really? Oh yeah. I, I don't think it's good for you. It probably isn't. Probably isn't. Yeah. Probably why well, I'm been sick on this tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I, I'm tour. like the ultimate polite ski. Okay. I have to be like. I don't want people knowing what's happening yeah, in yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, you hold, that's probably yeah. why you're sick. <laughs> exactly. You just need to go to the bathroom. I really, that's all. I haven't gone to the bathroom for a month. Back to your gear. Yeah. Let's talk about the shoes. Where did the okay. love come from? Tell me the story. How many pairs we got? Break it down. Well, I mean, I'm it's, gonna not, it's not the most amazing story. It's not like I, you know, I discovered a cave full of shoes and I was like, I will become the shoe guy. Uh, okay. I, I wish you had, but I know when I was a child, <laughs> so you I fell believe, into a well. You're not going to believe this one. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I've always been into sneakers. Um, when I was a kid, I was born in Georgia. And so, uh, we'd always have like Timberlands and stuff. Like everybody was wearing Tim's all the time. So I became like into Tim's and I wanted to have those as a kid. Were um, you around a lot of black people in Georgia? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it was, a lot of it was white mostly white schools. Oh yeah, I mean, really? it was, well, because snow and stuff. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, and, and so, by Tim's, we're talking Timberlands. Exactly. Okay, not, I just not, want to make sure. Not Timothy's. I, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure. I was. Although, I mean, that's where I thought we were one, talking about. I used to shop at Payless because I I couldn't afford the the cool shoes. Okay. So, I was always going to Payless and probably getting the Timothy's. Okay. You know, not okay. the Timberlands. Uh, yeah, and so, I did a lot of that, uh, and then at Payless, I would. You know, because we could afford them, I could maybe get an extra pair. Okay. And then I would just go sneaker shopping like crazy. And I would just... So I, I would get um, the Converse Chuck Taylors, but I would get the ones that had, like, uh, the Looney Tunes characters on the little inside uh, logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had those. And I would okay, rock so you them. always had that going, because that's yeah. kind of your, you know... Like well, you're known it's for become that. more of my thing yeah, lately because I, got, I had money now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I actually had a job oh. that could make me money. Yeah. Fantastic. How much of your checks do you spend on shoes? Because I always wanted this. You These are days, always, not a lot you're less. You're like, today, 9 o'clock, I got a bid. I gotta, I'll be back. I got a well, bid. Well, here's like, the thing. Nowadays, it's so hard to get sneakers that I wake up like every weekend trying to get, trying to get sneakers. And I haven't gotten sneakers in like a couple months because I just can't get the ones that I want. We got to get you a shoe connect. So when I was in New York, I hooked up with my buddy Jason. Okay. And he's got all the sneaker connects out there because apparently New York is like super popping when it comes to the sneakers. Is that well known or is that like underground? Uh, kind it's of like is. An underground yeah. Scene. Well, Soho in, in New York is like where all the major like streetwear brands uh, that are like really popular right now. Okay. Those are all kind of centered there. Like for example, like Bape. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. I think they have a they have a store. I think in LA. Maybe they They're don't. They're still out, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Someone was talking to me about the other. Day. Those are the ones with the hoodies that. Zip up across Yeah, they got the like fighter jet teeth like, and the crazy, crazy camo prints yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I don't like them. I'm not a big fan either, okay. yeah, but they've like they've got a couple things that I really like. Uh, sneakers in particular. Okay. Um, they do really cool stuff. Uh, Supreme, all that kind of stuff is either based in New York or has like their biggest stores in New York. Okay. Bape is based out of Japan and Supreme is based in New York, but okay. You know, and I think they have little stores in LA, but it's a different thing in New York. It's a different scene. Anyways, Jason has the sneaker hookups because he's a model and so he's okay. modeled some of the stuff there and he's also worked in retail so he just has the okay. connections. So he was saying, you know, it's so easy out here. Once you once you know people, yeah. you're able to make hold things on happen. The, hold on to two pairs yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have called him out by name. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna I, like, I won't give I went to Soho name. looking for Jason. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you just kind of, you always had it since you were a kid. So yeah, I, uh, and then I moved out to L.A. and I started becoming an actor. And during that time, I just kind of fell out of it because got distracted with other things. And then recently, started falling back into the sneaker stuff. Kind of right when everybody started 
getting into Jordans so heavily the past yeah. couple of years. Yeah. And yeah. since then, it's just it got crazy. My collection got really big for a little while. Yeah. Then I realized, I, I had this like personal moment uh, of realizing that I didn't need to want so much as far as things. Mm -hmm. And so I I realized I was like valuing things over like moments and memories people? yeah pe okay. not people i wasn't okay. like putting people aside or anything okay. but i was certainly like more excited about going to get a shoe than like more excited than to go like do something like go on vacation you know see your family depending on what shoe it was mm -hmm. so i'm just so then I, I started getting rid of some of the shoes and okay so you did kind of like and a it's, it's a much more I, I'm minimalist in my standards. I'm trying to think of how many pairs of shoes I probably have. Goes around the top of my closet. You've got a sizable collection. No, I don't. Th I, I mean, you I say like you don't, but I've maybe, seen it. Maybe 20 pairs of shoes. So I'm probably close to that. I'm probably a little no bit more. No way. You have way more than that. I think I've got about 25 pairs. See, to me, that's not a lot of pairs pairs of shoes. Mm -hmm. But I feel like to people maybe in other parts of the country, they're like, I got. One for working out, totally. one for totally. going out. Maybe they have four pairs of shoes. That's so why maybe I can't it say that it's minimalist. Uh, at, see, I at thought all. you had like, like hundreds. Like you were like DJ Ski, no. kind of like level of oh, shoes. Oh man, if I ever get to that point, I would love to be able to do that. Like the Khaled has that sneaker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. man, the sneaker. Or um, who was it that had a really awesome one? It was a player. Oh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul oh, has like the most beautiful sneaker closet. That's like wood. And it's all like built into the wall. Looks like a locker room, probably. Oh yeah, it yeah it's like yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Um, it looks like he's you know at some high end suit store or yeah. something. Here's That's the awesome. difference. I feel like your pair, your twenty versus my twenty. Most of mine are just like whatever. Like I'm throwing them on. They're casual. I actually don't have that much I feel like, like yours, coveted stuff. No, because I see when we were shooting the show. Mm -hmm. You would every episode would have like a different pair of fresh kickers. Oh, I did that on purpose. Yeah, oh, I know you did. I went uh, out and bought pairs just, just for the show. For the show. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, this guy is stunning. Because I want, I wanted it to show. be that every time my character was seen, he was wearing a different pair of Something sneakers. Something fresh. Okay. Yeah, so I never wore the same pair twice on the show. But you'd wear it in the same episode. Or in the every same time episode. You, okay. In the same episode. Okay, yeah, because okay. because it's supposed to take place in a day or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, as far as the episodes themselves, per episode story, I would always have a different pair of shoes. So, I'm trying to think right now. Okay. Do you remember the first time we met or how we met? I will not be offended if you don't remember. I think I came to... Did I meet you at a Fab <laughs> that's 5 a good event? Start. Did I meet you? Was it Fab, fab 4? Was it? Oh, the Fab 4. I think that's I think when I met you. We must have known each other before that. I don't know. I think that's when I met you. I think we met before. Or maybe maybe like briefly before met that. before then, but I feel like the Fab Four was like the first big we like, thing where I knew school. what you did and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was neat. I, I came with Liz and we shot for a great big world. Yeah, yeah. How long ago was that? Three years? Four years? Yeah, easily. It's crazy. Probably, probably three years. Time flies. Right? See, I don't know. I feel like we probably met before that doing some Lizzie stuff, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was just a social thing. Why do we know each other? <laughs> yeah, how do I know this guy? Why is he here right Why now? Why am I here? Uh, well, um, dude, I want to talk a little bit yeah. about kind of your story. And I know a little bit of it, but I don't okay. know kind of the full thing. So I know you were in um, Georgia uh, wearing your Tims. <laughs> and, then, Timmies. and then you ended up out in L.A. for acting or you just came and it just kind of happened? Yeah, it was a, it was a coincidental thing. I okay. uh, So I was born in Georgia and I moved a lot when I was a kid. So okay. from zero to ten, I moved ten times. Uh, and so that was from Georgia to Illinois. We lived in Chicago. Okay. Uh, we lived in San Diego. I lived in uh, uh, San Francisco. I lived in Oakland. Zero through ten. Zero through okay, ten. So you're we moved young ten at times. this point. You don't even. I lived know what's in Georgia twice before I actually came to California. Okay. Or I shouldn't say that. I came to California a couple times before I like settled in California. Okay. Uh, when I was ten, we moved to Oakland, and I was living up in San Leandro, okay. which is like ba we were literally at the "Welcome to Oakland" sign was like two houses from my house, so oh, really? I just kind of considered it Oakland. So um, it wasn't like rough. Was it like a rough? Because I know certain parts was, up there are tough. It was suburbs, um, and I wouldn't say it was rough. Like we never had any issues with like you know, bad, bad people or anything like that. Yeah. But it was definitely like a semi poor part of town. Okay. Um, and yeah, uh, Oakland is kind of got a bad reputation. Yeah. But okay. I, I thought it was fine. Okay. Um, so anyways, from there, we then moved down to SoCal and from in SoCal, 
I mean, I've lived in SoCal ever since. Yeah. And I'm 29 now, so. At what age did you say you moved down there? Uh, to SoCal, uh, like 11. Okay. Yeah. So you were only in Oakland for a year. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we, we lived in a lot of places short term. That was because my parents' jobs were taking us to different places. My dad was working as like a general manager in this part of the country and then in this part of the country. Okay. Yeah, so we'd always be moving. Hmm. Um, and then my dad got a job at Six Flags in Beautiful. Southern California. So yep, yep. we moved to Valencia, which is where Six Flags is. Shout out to Six Flags. Shout out to V-Town. Awesome town. <laughs> Valencia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we were there. I had already really been really into movies. Uh, when I was little, I was fascinated with movie making. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite movies were uh, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, Star Wars. Okay. Those three. Classics. Yeah, that was like my life. Back to the Future when I was a kid. is amazing. Watch those movies over and 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 over again. A little obsessive. A little obsessive. Okay. I acted in like little school plays, but it was weird because I was always very shy. Yeah. But then I would go for a part as an actor and I would like come out of my shell. Yeah. And so I would always get like the lead role in the play, but then outside of the play, I'd be extremely quiet and shy and hmm. would like not talk to anybody. I would get the lead part in the play, the school play, but then after the play was over, I would become the like quietest kid in on campus. And so I'd be extremely quiet, uh, very shy, uh, difficulty making friends, that kind of stuff. Um, huh. And a lot of that I think was because we moved a lot. So I would never like stay in a place long enough to feel like I could make friends because then I knew I'd just leave them again. Yeah. Um, so when You're we, always the new kid. Yeah, so when we came to SoCal, I was still dealing with a lot of that like shyness, but I wanted to act, and so eventually when I got into middle school, uh, I took drama, and it was a quarter system, so mm-hmm. every year we'd, we signed up for classes four times in each four quarters in the year, um, and I ended up taking drama four times in a row. And so, yeah, because I just really ultimate like, drama. Okay. Yeah, same class too. Like you couldn't. Yeah. There was no stepping up, so I was just repeating it because I wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so my parents said, you know, well, you seem really interested in this. Uh, would you be interested in like getting an agent of some sort and trying that out? Uh, and they were always like, you know, it's up to you if you ever want to stop. It's all about you. Like, we're just if you want to because it seems like you're interested. Hmm. So it was very. They've always been very cool about yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so went into the acting thing. Did. Uh, did some little stuff for a while, I think two years of like just kind of little student projects and then ended up getting the Nickelodeon thing and yeah. after that was able to get a couple other things and you know, now I'm here. Yeah. You did the punk thing. I did punk yes. How much How much were you on that show? That I was, was on... such a big show. I feel like that was so popular for, well, I used to love it. It was an awesome show. I was, so you I was would, so excited when I got would that. You just be like a decoy and like be part of the, the prank. Yeah. So yeah. They, they called them field agents and uh, it was all like... Kind of like how we're doing this. Everything was very last minute and like on the fly. You yeah. had to you had, you to, had to adapt improv. a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, not only not only in the scene with the with the te- uh, what do you call it the mark, mm-hmm. um, which is the the person getting pranked. Okay. Uh, not only in the scene with the mark, but also like the preparation of it all. Mm. Uh, when I first got it, they asked me to audition at like 9:30 p.m. the night before, and then I needed to be on set at like 4 a.m. the next day. So they hit you up at 9.30 at night and said, we need you in the morning at Yeah, four. so like I live an hour outside of L.A. Yeah. And, and they you're called. Uh, at the time, I was 17. Okay. I also, uh, well, I, I can tell you that part later. But uh, yeah, so I was like 17 and... Um, you were I, driving though. At this point, you had a car. So no, that's I was going to tell you that later, but I guess I can tell you now. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have my driver's license yet because okay. I, I was playing it smart. Uh, I could have gotten my learner's permit at 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe even earlier. I think 15 and a half you might be able to get. California, yeah. Uh, so, but I, I could have gotten my learner's permit, but I would have had to sit through like a year plus of, um, I think it's like a year of driving with an adult in the car that's like 25 or older. Mm. Uh, I didn't want to be my parents' chauffeur, so I oh. said, I'll wait until I turn 18, and then once I get my license, there's none of that period. So you thought your parents were going to make you drive them around. Yeah, so I decided I didn't want to get the learner's <laughs> permit because I'm not going to be able to drive in any of my friends anyways. I can yeah. only drive with my parents yeah. and I'm just going to be their chauffeur. Yeah, you're so, like, what's the point? F that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just be the guy in the passenger seat and enjoy my Game Boy. So, so you have to wait till 18 here to be able uh, to drive? No, but if you wait till you're 18, you then avoid the period of uh, oh. having to drive with the Yeah, I know you have that for a while. I thought that was when you had your permit. 
And yeah. then, okay, so, so when your I, permit, and you then once you get your license, permit. you skip okay. the permit and go straight to the license uh, at 18. Oh, okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's no fun. Well, that's smart. Except so I was for playing it smart. How are you going to get to this thing? As well, well and so that was the, the rub was the the first bit that I did was the Serena Williams punked, and that involves me driving a car. But uh. I didn't have my permit, but they liked me, and they cast me the night before. So I show up in the morning, and it's this whole thing where uh, they prep for like, 10 hours before the thing goes down. And so you have to be on set like six hours early, yeah, yeah, even yeah. though nothing's happening. And you just get there and you just hang out because who knows when this person could show up. Yeah, they, yeah. You're trying to not give away the prank, so yeah. they've got to be kind of feeling natural. <laughs> and if they decide they want to go to 7-Eleven, yeah, yeah. if she wants to go to 7-Eleven earlier than, than she's going to go to 7-Eleven, then that's what happens. Yeah. So you, everybody's got to be ready and on, on, yeah. on yeah. time and everything. So I get there and... We do the bit. I, I wasn't going to tell the story, but I, I can tell the story now. Yeah, what did you... Well, I, yeah, so you got to tell We it. get there and what, uh, what they had... They had a... Had to have an adult in the car with me uh, because I, I think... I forget how it works. Because it's the law. Yeah, but I don't... But you didn't, I didn't even have, have my learner. Yeah, so you were breaking permit. the law. Shout out to MTV. Maybe. Keep, yep. keep, keep Maybe. it real. I, it's a fog at this point, we'll say. <laughs> um, and so he... The, this guy, John... Uh, is kind of a kind of a scruffy looking dude to yeah. say the least. Yeah. He he could pass. Uh, he could play a great uh, like a drifter. Okay. A homeless uh, person. Yeah. Oh, like how, a. How I was gonna say like a hitchhiking vagrant. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's you his know, something like that. He's kind of got that look a he little bit. He lives in Silver Lake. And he owns it. He yeah. owns it. He yeah. loves it. Yeah. Uh, he's a comic. He's extremely funny. John Huck. He's John Huck comedy. Fantastic yeah. stuff. He's really Check funny. Check him out. Uh, but he's one of the producers on the show at the time. Okay. And he had to be in the car with me while I drove the car and so when I do the bit where I steal the car and I peel away and, sh and Serena sees it Oh, you're supposed I to really steal her that. car? Okay. I, no, I steal my mom's car In the segment, oh, okay, basically, okay, okay. here's the segment real yep, quick yep, yep. Uh, is I'm parked in a car with my mom okay. uh, who's an actress and then Serena and her her brother cousin or something it was like a, I think it was a family member drove her up and parked right next to us at a coffee shop, and he says, I'm gonna go get coffee, you can hang out here. So while she's sitting in the car, my mom and I uh, <laughs> get, into an, get into an argument, and then she walks away, and I act like this nightmare child, and then I steal the car when mom's away. Okay. And so Serena is the only Watches person the who thing. sees this. Yeah. So John is laying in the back, of the, in the back seat in the well, right where the feet go. So he's in the car, but not visible. Exactly. Okay. He's in the car, but not in the car. Serena doesn't know this. So I peel out and I head around the corner uh, where then he can get in the car and drive it safely down the street to where it needs to be. And that's where they're going to end the bit and all the cameras will be ready okay. to finish. Well, the problem was Serena is like the greatest woman in the world. She's freaking fantastic. And she's like, I don't have time to wait for my family member to get back here. She just She hops you? in the driver's seat. And so she starts hauling out. So when I'm, I peel around the corner, just out of sight, and he hops in the front, and then we start booking him. She catches up to us. Oh, she's a good driver too. She's a good driver too. And you're so not, she, you're not a good driver at this point. You have no driving experience. No, I'm in the passenger seat. She ends up pulling up beside us, and now sees him in the driver's seat, and I've got Ashton. Kutcher and the other producers in my ear who are tailing us in a van. There's like these unmarked, unmarked van. Yeah, these okay. unmarked vans with cameras and, and all this stuff. Uh, <laughs> so they're tailing us. Good. It got it's, better. Yeah, so they're yeah. talking to us in the ear because they're trying to save it desperately. And yeah. that's when it turns into that like last minute plans change thing. Yeah. And so it becomes like the secret agent stuff where you got I'm hearing him yelling in my ear like, okay, you've got to keep this going. Keep this going. Don't break it. We're not canceling it yet. And so they're, they're like... Uh, we see how far she'll chase you. What if she runs so off like, the road? So like, say that, say that you know the guy. So then I start telling her this whole thing about uh, he's my special friend, and he's going to take me away, and we've been we've been talking. Planning this for, yeah, we've been planning this, is what this he's together. You to say. Yeah, or you're well, just it's, it up. it's kind of half and half. Yeah, we're both going at it because I'm hearing him, but she's yelling at me, and and like the window is down, like she's right there next to me. She's on your side. She's on the right side. Yeah, of the car. she pulled up on the passenger side, yeah. so it's me and her close window to window. And you're acting like you have no idea who she is. Leave me alone, lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that you're Serena Williams. Yeah, and so <laughs> he's freaking out because John is the producer of the show. Yeah. And he doesn't want to, like, screw this thing up. There was money on the line. Yeah. So yeah. now he starts driving like a maniac. <laughs> Sorry, I just promoted John Huck, and now I'm going to yeah, indict yeah. him. He's a reckless driver. <laughs> yeah. And so we end up getting in this very uh, dangerous high-speed chase through uh, through Sherman Oaks, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh and we're going down Ventura Boulevard at like 
what felt like about 70 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she just kept keeping right up. And she is going for it. And, you know, she, the whole time she's saying, baby, baby, don't, don't she worry, think, don't Does she worry. think you're getting abducted? Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. She went into, like, hyper mom mode. Well, that's so bizarre because you don't, like, you're expected to pull up and you're driving. And then all of a sudden there's a mysterious man who wasn't exactly. in the car before. So it's like, there's a, you're like, there's something off here. There's something wrong. Yeah. Like, I need to save this kid or he might be getting... It exactly, is, you know, slavery or something. You know, what I mean? So, so then it was this whole thing where trafficking. That's what I was saying. Yeah, to say. well, basically the same. Yeah. Uh, he ends up getting away from her. I mean, we literally were like going through back alleys. Like <laughs> it was like a car chase. Like dodging. You know, I'm sure there should have been like the fruit cart guy. Shout out to Serena Williams. Yeah, two guys She's the, the plane, the painted glass. You know, that whole thing. <laughs> you know, it should have been like all that. You know. Yeah. That we should have been in tuk tuks or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, so we. We got away from her, and then we started finishing up things on on the phone because we were supposed to get to this golf course, uh, which is where we're going to finish it all at mm-hmm. like this clubhouse at a golf course, and we then had to wrap it up. So then it was this whole thing where I had we had they started feeding me stuff about uh, okay, you're going to talk to him on the phone, and you're going to say you'll know where to find me. Uh, it's the special place that, that only you and I remember. Basically, just trying to get us back to the golf course. So then we uh, were able to make it back to the golf course and finish the whole bit. Um, but yeah, how did in you, the, in how, the how edited, did you finish the bit? They, oh, so they then we, with the mom. we're in a parking lot, and then the car is parked there, and then she comes up, and then here I am, and Serena comes up, and she's trying to talk to me through the window, and I'm like, I don't want to talk. And then Ashton comes out behind her, and surprise, I ended up doing uh, about six or seven episodes of that. And uh, it was very interesting. Every single one of those is a whole story into itself. Dude, that's funny. That was such. That show had a good run. It I was, don't know it how was awesome. It show. Went on, I love but, that show. Like, they were getting everybody. They got Drake, I think. Did you ever see that I think one? So I think who I was did. the best person that you punked? Like the best? Like the, was that probably? I mean, the Serena to be, one is really epic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who I, a couple of the other well, people? Well, I punked uh, one that never made it to air, or maybe it did, but later on, like okay. on a DVD or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, JoJo, the singer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, get out, woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, she's got some yeah. hits. She's, oh, got she, she's got some pipes. She did um, a remix of some song people love. Which one know. is it? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't uh, know. Jojo. But but anyways, uh, she was actually on Ned's Declassified in the oh. pilot episode. Oh. So they shot a pilot episode about a year before the show actually got picked up, and when I got on board, mm-hmm. and there was a different coconut head in that. Okay. There was a different Lisa Zemo character. Uh, and she played the Lisa Zemo character. Was she was she an actress before a singer? Yeah, she's she, kind of like uh, a Ariana of, Grande. Like, kinda. yeah, I was gonna say there's a lot of the kids in LA are you know kind of actor singer. They they're performers. So uh, then she got cut from the show and ended up becoming a big singing. Yeah, I mean, sensation. I wouldn't necessarily say cut. I think maybe she just didn't come back. Mm. Um, but she played a character that was then now a different you know cast and everything. Okay. She, at that point, she was her music career was taking off. So I actually knew her a little bit. Um, well, no, actually, I take that back. I knew of her because the other actors told me about that. Um, but then we were still filming the first season of Ned's, so she didn't know about me being on the show at the time. Mm. So I did the punk with her, mm-hmm. and my bad. I think I kind of screwed it up because I started to giggle a little bit, oh. and I think I may have blown the bit. And okay. So she. You was, guys got her good though. Uh, yeah, it was a whole thing where, like, uh, her, her mom, who's single, uh, was saying, oh, we're going to meet my new boyfriend. And you were the boyfriend? And I was the son of the boyfriend. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. I was like, wow. And, yeah. And so he was saying all this ridiculous stuff, and the, the actor, I, I think his name was Chris, uh, was so funny. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I, I wasn't, like, bursting out or anything, but yeah. I was certainly, like, trying to, trying yeah. to not You were Jimmy Fallon, Fallon. On no, no, I was not. I was, ever. Well, I was not that bad. My goodness. Uh, perhaps to Jimmy Fallon, but Love he, the guy. he loves to giggle. Yeah, I was, yeah, that makes I was a bit for giggling. Me. When I watch a, a bit like a SNL skit that he's done like back in the day, and yeah. he starts laughing, that's like my favorite part of it. Well, um, yeah. So that whole thing is actually how I met her, and then okay. we became friends through you that. You told her like, "Oh, hey, so I'm on Ned's too." Yeah, and so apparently, so uh, I got to actually be on it. Yeah, I apparently during it. that bit, she was texting Ryan Pinkston, who she knew personally. And he was all he had been on the show before. Who is this guy? That's the second time I've heard his name today. Ryan Pinkston was one of the he was actually kind of the probably the person the kid who became most famous from Punked of the kids on Punked. Oh, okay, okay. 
Um, he was one of the punk kids. Yeah, and we are we we are loosely related. When when the Pinkston clan came from Scotland, <laughs> I think. Here we go. Yeah, uh-huh. the Pinkston clan came from Scotland. They came over to Maryland. Okay. And then his side of the family is the northeastern, and okay. my side of the family was the southeastern. Okay. So, very long time ago, very loosely yeah, related. Yeah, I mean, a pretty unique name. Yeah, exactly. It's so, like LeBeau. I don't meet a lot of LeBeaus. Exactly. So, it was a complete coincidence when I watched a lot of punk and I saw Ryan Pinkston all the time, and I was so jealous of him getting to do all this fun stuff and meet yeah, all these yeah. cool people. And then I ended up getting the audition completely out of nowhere, yeah. nothing related, yeah. and being on the show. And she was friends with him? JoJo was friends so with him? So she had been friends with him already, because at that point he had been doing the show, and he was had a kind of an acting career going for himself okay. from the show. Okay. So they knew each other. She wasn't texting him like, hey, I think I'm being punked right no, now. No, she did. Oh, That's she what did? she texted him was, I think I'm being punked right now. Oh, she's, so she's good. She she's was good. Her, yeah, she, she was it. good. Um, so anyways, after that, uh, <laughs> and that it never did make it to air. Okay. I think it made it onto a DVD bonus. Okay. Um, but it never so made it to it. air. you ruined it. I, You're the reason I, the show ended. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go into it. But I made friends with JoJo out of it. That's pretty pretty cool. cool. Wasn't that show going to come back or no? I don't know. It's kind of hard to... When it when it gets too popular, it becomes difficult to do the show because people are it's expecting a prank it. Show. Yeah, it's yeah, a prank show. People are expecting it. Yeah. So you said something interesting earlier. I wanted yeah. to revisit. You said you were shy, mm. but then when you would go and get on stage in front of people, right? You broke out of your shell and you became. I've always known you as not a shy guy. You're you're. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say loud because that sounds a like bit. a negative thing. But yeah, you know, you're the life of the party in the room. You, you, um, you know, you're outgoing. You got something to say for everything. So I've always known you as that person. So it's interesting to see that something that normally would terrify most people. You know, it's not that different than public speaking, which is right. people's basically number one fear. I think. Yeah. You know, more than being. Uh, you heard the the expression. I was like, death is second to public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were at a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket. Most people would rather be in the casket than giving giving the eulogy. eulogy. Yeah. Yeah, Which is is interesting. Dude, uh, speaking in front of people still makes me nervous. I I watch you every single time, and it blows me away. I mean, that's tough. I mean, you start to get more comfortable with it, I think, just like anything, doing it and doing it, doing and doing it. But I found, even with some other people that I know that are are friends, like uh, I have a friend... I've, I told you about my friend Lewis uh, House, who does the podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was like dyslexic, um, shy guy, not a lot of confidence, maybe. But then his sports was his area that he would come out of his shell and be confident and be able to be. So it's like every person has like a different arena that maybe they can tap into. My sister, singing. Hmm. Again, a thing you would think would be terrifying. I could never go and sing. I just, so it's because I know I'm awful, for one. <laughs> Two, it just terrify people. It's just, I know people would judge me. Like I would never want to do that. Right. But for her, she can go up and sing in front of the church. She'd go up and sing. She traveled. She's been to all 50 states in Russia on a uh, singing scholarship. That's which amazing. Is college. So um, it's interesting for you. Why do you hmm. think that was? Like, what What do you think? I don't really know. I mean, allowed I've all... you to be so social. I. I... Go figure. Yeah. Uh, I would always be deathly afraid. And I mean, I still get really nervous when I'm about to go on stage. Yeah. But there's something about the feedback when you do something well on stage mm-hmm. and people re- respond. And yeah. for me in particular, humor. Like, yeah. I, there's yeah. the nice thing about humor is that you know when you're doing it right because you get a laugh in return. An immediate response. Yeah. So you know, like, I hit the mark. Yeah. And so if I'm not doing it and, you know, I don't get a laugh, then I know I messed up and I'm trying to get that laugh. But mm-hmm. that laugh is so addicting. Yeah. Uh, it's such a rush to be on stage and people like what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so it's weird because, like, I, maybe it's a focus thing that, like, I get very focused on something. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe it was when I'm not on stage, all I'm focused on is people's uh, critique of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm on stage, I've got to do the thing that I'm supposed to do on stage. So I get focused on the thing. And then I forget about the other stuff. Hmm. Um, it's very weird. I've never really been able to understand why when I was a kid, I'd be so self-conscious and then so big and open on stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would always get that feedback and, like, that was addicting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, nowadays, it's it's a thing where uh, when, I, when I was in college, uh, I was cast, doing casting for my friend's film. And so I was the casting director. I was putting out the the submission online or mm-hmm. open call yep, for submissions. Yep, yep. And all these young actors who were trying to be in some student films to get their resume built up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's generally, you know, the how process. actors get their start. Um, is they'll do free jobs or, or low-paying things or student.
student projects. Um, and so all these young actors who are just trying to get their start wanted to audition for this project. And so I'm reading with them and I'm experienced. So I've done a lot of acting coaching and classes and just doing acting and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm helping them out. And, I, and all I want to see is like a really good performance. I want this film to be good, even though it's not my own film. Mm-hmm. I just want to see somebody knock it out of the park. Yeah. So this one guy comes in and he he starts doing it and he's really you can tell he's just all tight mm-hmm. and he's really nervous and and so he starts reading and he gets about three lines in and he, he stops himself he says hey can I can I start this over it's, it's not right can I start it again yeah of course whatever yeah, you yeah. need whatever you need yeah, go ahead yeah, take yeah. your time so he turns around and mind you we're in a classroom so it's just you us. and him yeah, yeah. Everybody's okay. waiting in the hall, yeah. and then the one person comes in the classroom and reads with us with the door closed. So <laughs> oh, it's me, the director, uh, and his producer. Okay. And then, uh, and the director and the producer just sitting off to the side to watch mm-hmm. and, and see the performances. And then I was helping them out by saying who I thought was a good actor and who mm-hmm. would work well and all. Yep, yep. So it's just me and the actor reading back and forth. I read, they read. He turns around in this small room and he just starts. He gets in the corner and he's just like. And he starts hitting himself. Like, oh, like smacking himself in the head. Uh, I hope this it's guy gets the part. And he's like screaming, like, but like oh, in inward scream. Uh, like he's not out loud. He's hate myself. Yeah, and like this everyone can hear this. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. hears this. No, this is helping his chances. Yeah. I hope and you guys I hope you guys casted this guy. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> was it was it for her psychopath? Unfortunately we had to pass. Yeah. Um yeah. But it was so interesting to me hmm. to see that happen. And like to see that freak out, I, I've had, I've got some stories about auditions that have gone very horribly wrong that like haunted me for years. Yeah. Like it was so embarrassing that like destroyed me on the inside about how bad the auditions were. Really? Um, were they really that bad? You think, or did you? I had one where I literally like, yeah, I had a very bad experience. What was it? What was it? Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, know if I want to tell that story, but really, it, okay. Yeah, it was, it was just. Maybe maybe another time. I mean, like, what's the worst that could happen? You forget the lines, you pass well, out. Well, that's the thing is, pants. what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But to the person who's going through it, it's yeah. everything. Yeah. And yeah. so I watched this guy, and I'm thinking, you know, I've always I've had moments like him where I freaked out and I beat the hell out of myself and I I got just really depressed and dark about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm seeing him do that, but now I'm getting this amazing experience that's so eye-opening to be. The casting director. Mm-hmm. I've never been the casting director. I've always yeah. been the actor wanting the job. Yeah. And now this time I'm different the, lens. Yeah. And you know, a casting director is a person whose their career is to to read actors. Yeah. So it's not like their film. Yeah. Uh, they're always reading somebody else's film. So what they're looking for is, I just want somebody good. And and they don't want to see a bad audition. It's honestly like yeah, it's uncomfortable boring for, for them too. <laughs> well, it's boring. You spend yeah. your whole day reading actors to just see a bad audition and a bad audition. It's it's not fun. It sucks. Yeah. So you want to see like, man, you want to find that something. diamond in the rough. You want to see somebody who kills it. And so I wanted this kid to do really well. I genuinely did. And then he came in. He got all in his head. Starts beating the heck out of himself. Had this like meltdown, <laughs> and uh. then it was just like it was so eye opening to me to realize like the other. People who watch you perform, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, they want you to be good. Yeah. They yeah. don't want you to be bad. Even I think when, yeah. you know, when people, I think people focus on this idea of like hecklers at a comedy club yeah. and think that everybody out there wants you to lose. And when yeah. you're on stage, it's just they, the devil horns at you. And it's totally not that. Yeah. Everybody wants to see the best thing they've ever seen yeah. because it's way more fun. Yeah. And that really, like, really stood out to me. And ever since then, I had this like epiphany where I just am having a good time and because I know that there's people supporting me around me, all of a sudden that pressure is off and it can feel more loose and it's yeah. it's just more freeing and everything. And so I've really taken that to heart. Yeah, there's uh, I think that there's a funny thing that happens um, that, that's mostly in our minds. And I know I've experienced this when I'm speaking at a school or at an event or something where you focus on the one or two people that are negative or yeah. are a problem, and it could be the whole the whole audience is into it. Ninety percent of them are having fun; they're laughing, they're engaged. But then there's like a group over here that are talking, or maybe they're yawning, or their eyes closed, and you're like, 
well, what's wrong with them? Why aren't they listening? And you focus on those couple people totally. instead of the group that are supporting you and into it. And and uh, and you know what happens? It's so funny. More often than not, those people that I think that are talking that aren't into it are the ones that come up to me afterwards and are super engaged and excited. Right. And maybe they were just talking about something that I said to someone and how it applied to mm. them or there's something like that. I don't know. I, I, I feel like... It's just a natural thing to think people are judging you, especially totally. at a young age. Like in junior high, I remember yeah. you wasting all this time. Like you're standing there at the lunchroom, you think everyone's looking at you, everyone's talking about you, and you're so worried about what other people's perception is. When really, they are doing the exact same thing, and they're over there worried about are you thinking about them and talking about them. So everyone's oh, just yeah. worried about everyone else and just thinking about themselves, really. So. I don't know. I think that's that's so when telling. I, when I was in high school, just kind of going off of that, when I was in high school, uh, my second year of school, or my yeah, my second year of school, uh, was when I booked Neds. Okay. And so, for and that, for those though, real quick, for people listening or watching this, um, tell us a little bit about the Neds, like the show, the experience. Well, so um, I just a quick background. Yeah, I was. For I played a don't know your work. I played a character named Coconut Head on a show called Neds Declassified School Coconut Survival Head. Guide. Yes, uh, on a show called Nezzy Classified School Survival Guide on Nickelodeon. It aired uh, new episodes for three years, and then there was a movie, a uh, TV movie. And oh, there was? Yeah. And Were you in the movie? Yes. Well, you had um, to be here. I mean, um, your role was guy. pretty, like, I mean, I, I didn't know how recognizable your character was until we started going into schools. And we I put think your my face character on the was screen. certainly one of the more recognizable because yeah. he was so visual. The crazy hair. Yeah. The, the what, what do we even call that haircut? So it's like the Dumb and Dumber. The bowl is it the bowl cut. It's like a. It's, it's like, like the, a bob. It's a bob. Yeah, because the it bowl. Is a bob. The bowl goes to the ears, and I believe the bob goes down to you know below the ears to the neck. Okay, it's like a bowl on steroids. Yeah, I, I called it <laughs> Velma. Velma's haircut from Scooby Doo. Okay. Yeah. No, I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's actually good. That's exactly. actually good. I know, I yeah. know Velma. Um, so yeah, I played this character that was originally supposed to just be like a visual gag, like, hey, look at that funny guy, and then that's what you saw. Yeah. Um, but it turned into a part where I was actually having lines and storylines. People and started to love your character. You come in and bring the funny, right? Exactly. Yeah. I was supposed to be like only... I was <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Um, I was supposed to only be in the first episode as a visual gag, and then they liked me again, so they put me in the second episode, and then they wrote me into the third, and then I was in the, every episode of the first season, and then most of the rest of the episodes throughout the entire show. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I did that for a while, and uh, the first year of shooting that uh, was right in the middle of my second year of school, okay. in, in high school. Uh, okay, so you're a sophomore. I'm a sophomore, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And I had to leave school a lot, and... I was constantly, you know, missing a couple days every of the week, and it was a whole issue where, like, my teachers didn't like that they had to work extra to make Accommodate my schedule. Actor kid. Yeah, and yeah. so I ended up becoming. Uh, uh, I, I went to a distance learning school, which is where basically here's your textbooks. You have 365 days to finish the textbooks and all the work in them. Okay. And so I would just. That's you have to I be did. very self-sufficient. Yeah, so that's how I did okay. my high school for the rest of high school. Okay. Um, for the last two years. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was interesting because, like you were saying about how everybody thinks that everybody else is the one that's judging them, and they're all insecure. Yeah. I was super uh, shy and nerdy, and, and I was also physically really short mm -hmm. uh, and looked like a little kid. So, like, okay. at 16, I people were trying to cast me to play, like, 11-year-olds. Oh, shoot. You know, I was like... Boom. You were real little. Yeah, I was really tiny. We're the same. Yeah, that baby skin. Man. Yeah, that baby skin. Um, I, I, I feel. I feel like I'm one of the few people that can really feel your pain and relate to this. Yeah. So, I, yeah, right. I've seen your your old home movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, little guy syndrome. Uh, everybody would always you know, pick on me, or girls I thought were cute would be like, "Oh, you're adorable, like a little br little brother." Yeah. You know, it was just the yeah. nothing I wanted was at school socially. Hmm. Um, and so then when I left school. That's all I remembered of, of school and everybody I knew, and I. So I it's kind of a negative experience. You're saying like, uh, school is people aren't kind. Yeah, people for some, look down on it me. was either people were, weren't kind to me or the people I wanted to be friends with, just you know, kind of. Eh, I was that funny looking kid, hmm. and they didn't or you know didn't really give me the time of day, and so that's how I left school remembering those people, and hmm. then when I went off and shot the show for for the next two years after that, uh, they all. 
I became like a legend at the school. That's what I was gonna say. I would think you were doing something that all the kids would be jealous of. Here is like like with uh, Taylor. You know, he, mm -hmm. he in high school he got his acting career going, and people are seeing him on TV, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's. I mean that's cool. People automatically look at you differently when you get that stuff totally. going. So so while you had this kind of negative experience. During those two years, all of a sudden you became like, I become that's this, our guy, like we love yeah, Rob, everybody, he's coconut head. So, and that was in Valencia, and you know, I still in Valencia, so I see a lot of these people all the time, and like, I'm like this legend, quote unquote, uh, yeah. of their high school years, yeah, yeah, that yeah. they're like, I knew him when. We went to school with him. Yeah, and so they all look up to me, and they all want to say hi to me, and they're all extremely nice, and, yeah. and it was weird because I, I got two years away from that, and so then when I came back, to see that and it was like but i thought you were different yeah and wait was i the one thinking you were crazy or you know which what was happening here like maybe none of this was worth any of the time of day yeah and that's kind of something that really stood out or are they treating you different because now you're somebody which it is could be. which is it my problem with that kind of situation is that like are you being consistent with how you treat people in your life right. or are you only being cool friendly with people that the LA thing that you can get something from or or you only be because someone has some status you want to be like oh I know that person I'm cool with them yeah I, I don't mean, know I mean I think I think there has to be a little bit of that with those kids you went to high school with. not to be the negative no, Nancy no, 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 take no, no. a turn negative town here but I'd be <laughs> like well how come you weren't cool with me before when you thought I was little cute dorky Rob and yeah. now I'm now I'm on I mean, the show I have a very live and let live kind of yeah. mantra that I live by where yeah. I, I think everybody deserves a million second chances yeah. and you can Great. never burn out on second chances. Yeah. Uh, I know that I've done things where I've been, I've either acted regrettably or I've been yeah. mean to somebody when I yeah. re later on realized I shouldn't be, you know, I think I'm a good person deep down. Yeah. And so anything Debatable. that I've done, <laughs> true, uh, <laughs> anything I've done in the past, I like to think that I should, I, I I should be allowed another chance to show who I really am if I didn't before. Mm -hmm. And so I, I try to apply that to everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had an experience, uh, I know I've been telling a lot of stories, but no, this is good. Uh, I had an experience about two years after high school. Okay, um, stop it right there real quick. And we'll go, I had an experience two years after high school. I just yeah. want to double check, should I be seeing a light flashing on this one? We covered up the light. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, we covered sure. it up because okay. we were we didn't want people to see the red light when we went through New York. Oh, so because we had it on a backpack, we got to show you the. Time you didn't lapse. want them to think like you were we shooting show you at an entire day in New York. It's awesome. In a, we have, in a we lapse. Have, yeah, it's a time lapse, so we can literally scrub through the entire day beginning we'll go to end. Some stuff. We'll it's go funny, some man. Stuff. There's some funny shit. Um, okay, so I had an I I know I keep telling these stories, but uh, right. I had this experience about two years two years after high school where uh, there was this kid that I looked up to in high school. And uh, his name was Nick, and he was like super cool, super good looking, cool personality. He just had it all going on. He's the cool kid in school. He was the cool kid his in school. His name was what? Nick. Nick, okay. Uh, and I looked up to this kid big time. Yeah. But I never talked to him in school, like ever. Yeah. I don't think we ever even like bumped into each other. Um, but I just remember always admiring him because I would yeah. just see him from a distance and just be yeah. like, man, this kid's killing it. Yeah. I Seems wish like it was you. Got all together. I wish it was you. Yeah. And uh, then like two years later, uh, I'm sitting doing, I'm in co uh, community college doing some studying at a, a cafe and I'm on my computer and, and I and kind of had a bad day and he shows up and he like notices me. Yeah. And like I saw him and I tried to avoid him. Yeah. Because I thought, oh man, that's that kid. Yeah. I haven't seen him in years. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. a cool guy. And, and But then he saw me and then he like wanted to come say hi. So yeah. he sat down at the table with me and he talked. He's like, hey man, how you doing? Like, yeah. oh, you know, we never talked and I just, you know, it's really cool to, to finally meet you in person and uh, yeah. I hope you're having a great day and all this stuff. And he was extremely nice. nice. And it complete, I like, it's like, wow, I've been having this like wall up about this person. You know that I preconceived notions about you probably probably suck anyway, and I yeah. you know and yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just probably vapid and and here you are like completely shattering my expectations of who you are, yeah. And it was just such a wonderful thing to see. So I don't know. I, I second got, chances. Yeah, I think everybody deserves a second chance because if I can apply that to somebody else and then they surprise me, yeah. maybe anybody can. Yeah. No, I love that. I I um I feel like forgiveness in some ways has changed my life. Yeah. There's people that I didn't forgive and it consumed me and it affected my health. 
Mm. And um, one in particular was a, a college a college coach that kind of ruined my last senior season. Oh, really? And, um, was oh. it because you guys had, like, an issue with each other? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he came in, and um, I don't want to badmouth him or anything, <laughs> but he's an idiot. And had no idea. Like, we were, I was actually just, I mean, this is years later, we were still, like, tweeting about it today. Yeah. But, like, he wouldn't, like, he wouldn't let us do a pick and roll. Which any basketball Why? person will tell you is the most yeah, fundamental like, thing in all of basketball. It's the play. And that was like what I, my bread and butter, you know, stocked it in Malone. Yeah. And like he wouldn't even let us do that. And because I would voice up like, hey, like, I want to win. So I'm like, we need, you know, this guy had no um, past experience coaching college. He coached like. So it was tough to. It was hard. I bumped heads. He bumped heads. And I'm yeah. not the person who's going to sit back and just lose every game my senior season. So I ended up actually stopping halfway through the year. You know, worked my whole oh, really? career up. Like stopping playing? Left the team, never quit anything before in my life. Wow. And he tried to paint me as like this bad guy and a me guy. I'm like a passing first point guard. Like I don't even score much. Like like I'm a, yeah. the biggest team guy. Every coach I've ever had, I've been like the guy that they're uh, the ideal teammate and, yeah. and well, team guy. Well, I've seen guy. you play it. I mean, you're an assist guy, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it didn't even make sense. So, but long story short, I, I was bitter um, you know, and I was very angry and um, Kitsumi affected my um, vision and health and and then when I finally ended up forgiving him, which, you know, thankfully my family really hounded me about it. Yeah. Um, that's when kind of the door opened up to come to LA and I did like my first audition and didn't get it, but like I did like a little trick, a little fancy dribble and the director, oh, made like a ooh and ah kind of thing. I was like, Huh? Maybe there there could be something here. Is that how the whole thing started? Mm-hmm. And then really? I went back and I went did the fishing uh, stuff that you know mm-hmm. about, and uh, I was thinking about it. And I was like, maybe I could go out there and just try it, and um, and see what happens. And that's when I when I came out. That's when I really started working on the tricks. Yeah. And I just put in like I remember, I lived in Van Nuys in this like ghetto ghetto area. It was low income housing. I knew one guy in L.A. His name was Tommy Driffle. Tommy Triple. And uh, That's he, a name he's this right Mexican there, man. guy friend, and he's like, come live on my couch. I lived on a blow-up air mattress in a one-bedroom place. I was in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And um, I would go out to the park on, like, Friday nights and under the streetlights. And knowing what I know now, I should not have been there. It was, is not, it was legitimately yeah. not a good – it was yeah. not safe. And I would, like – I remember practicing, bouncing the ball and trying to catch it behind my neck. Oh and, yeah. Um, Is that how you started doing the whole push up? That one, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, but I couldn't do it. And the ball would hit me in the head. It would go rolling. I'd have to go after it. And I would kick. I remember kicking it and being so mad. But like I had to start at. I mean, I had good ball uh, handling. You know, I had good mm-hmm. dribbling. But I had to, for the tricks. I had to start at square one and fail, 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 until finally. Oh, now I'm starting to get catch it every fourth time, and then and now every other time, and then so you get it so good that you know you have it down so do you think that the frustration of the coach was kind of the driving force behind some of that yeah 100 percent. my whole life that's been a driving force and that was interesting what you said to me earlier about like how little guy syndrome yeah um how when they were talking to you and being like oh you're little guy you're like the little brother it's cute or whatever like it seems like we both responded differently mm. um you kind of went in your shell and then found your outlet in acting, where I kind of had more of an aggressive, like, I I think that's how I learned to talk good, um, mm. because I wanted to talk fast. If you said something to me, I was going to come back with something twice as fast and your, more Your clever. trash talk on the court is pretty top tier. And I think it's from being a little guy. I think if I was, like, like a big, like, strong dude, that I wouldn't be the person I am today, because I wouldn't have had to develop these qualities and these characteristics. And yeah. there's something about people who achieve success and, and do well in whatever field or thing it is, it seems like they've gone through some extreme hard um, time in their life or have had some like crazy weakness and obstacle that they had to overcome and it makes them them go for it more. But to, yeah. to answer that, um, 100%, like my drive, honestly, with basketball originally was I loved it, which, which helped a lot, yeah. but it was I wanted to prove everyone wrong. I wanted to prove everyone that told me that I wasn't big enough or strong enough or fast enough or good enough. Like, all right, I'll show you. I'm going to be the best player you've ever seen. I'm going to be the best player yeah, that came out of this town. And, um, and, and same thing with college. Got there, boom, doing the thing. Like, oh, I mean, I bounced around colleges. I I had to go to a junior college. I was the only white player. I had these these gangbangers, like, literally beating me up for two or three months every day at practice. Really? Grabbing my head by the back of the uh, my hair. I had longer yeah. hair. Ramming my face into a ball rack. 
and uh, jeez, and, man. No, I'm like, like, like legitimately, like every day for three months, and then finally, I won their approval because I could hoop too, you know. Yeah. And, um, and they accept me, and those are some of my closest friends to this day. But the coach, he talks about it, like he loved it. He's like, I love that you just never because I'd have this big six seven guy throw me against a wall, knee me, and I'd come right back out, and I would just go right at him the next play, you know. Um, I admire those guys when you see like the NBA and you see the like Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, yeah. You know he's going up against these big dudes and he does not back down. And it's awesome to watch. Yeah, it's It's so inspiring. It's fun. It's fun to watch guys like that. And so this coach, it was the same thing. Like, okay. And you know, it's it's the same thing with the fishing captain. Like, all right, you told me I can't go be in commercials and stuff. All right, watch this, coach. All right, you're gonna ruin my thing. I'm gonna go on and do bigger things with basketball that I even thought I would ever be able to do at the time, you know, playing with the Allen Iversons and that kind of thing. Like, when I'm playing in college, I'm just excited to be playing in college and, oh, I got some all-conference nods, that kind of thing. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, to go and do these these uh, entertainment things, I never had any plans for that. But the motivation at, a lot of times has been the wrong. And I, as I've grown as a person and learned, like, I do, need to do it for me. And so now yeah. I try to not do things to prove other people wrong and to to be able to say like oh, I told you so it's like I'm doing it for me and there's a little added uh, fuel on the fire to be like yeah. oh yeah and I want to prove these people wrong but the real motive is I'm doing it for me and I never had that with basketball I did have I just loved it right you know and, and if I didn't just love it and found a way to make the practicing fun you know listening to music or the different things that I would do then I wouldn't have spent as many hours but um, yeah, that's something that I've battled and, and always wanted to try to get better at, of having the intentions. And so that's why it's so mm-hmm. interesting to me when I hear like, like, okay, you've helped this. Here's how you responded. And here's how you overcame it. Well, I still it. think I'm finding my my necessarily like drive. Yeah. Um, because I feel like my family's come from pretty well means to begin with. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not you know wealthy or anything, but we're certainly not yeah. like struggling with in poverty. Yeah. And yeah. so <clears throat> I uh, I've always felt like. Things were not necessarily coming easy to me, but I had a lot of like wonderful star-crossed moments in yeah. life, yeah, and that have really helped me achieve success. 